Hey guys, uh, well, long time no see, and uh, it's great to be back in the studio again for all of those listeners that maybe thought we'd uh, fallen off the face of the earth, uh, but we're here, we're back, um, and guys, I have a pretty big major announcement to make. Um, I know... You're going all titanium all the time? Well, <laughs> that's, that's part of the announcement, but... Uh, you know, I'm sure our fans have been wondering, you know, what's been going on, what's happening with me. And, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a statement that I want to put out. Obviously, you know, it'll go out to the press tomorrow, but I wanted to do it first here on the podcast and let, right. you, and let you guys know and let all of our, our, our listeners and fans know first. And um, there's, I know there's been a lot of rumors out there, but I just want to say that for next year, I will not be pursuing a world tour contract. Is that right? That's right. I am doing an alternative program next year. So <laughs> I have not applied to any world tour teams for next year. Um, you know, many of you will know that I've, I've had injury issues and I've had surgery and I'm in recovery right now. And so I want to do something different. You know, I realized I need to refocus and rechannel myself. Um, so. I'm going to be doing a totally alternative program next year. Back to figure skating for you? No, it's not, no. Uh, there's not going to be any figure skating. There may be some. Uh, the, the, there may be some uh, inline um, cross country skating, uh, but you know, in 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 tidy whities. But that, other than that, you know, as usual. I mean, that's kind of what I do Calling in the office. Bag deep there. Yeah, that's a, that's a Episode that's a classic six. deep cut there. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that. Well, thank you, Matt. <laughs> okay, I will. I had a contract for you. I'm going to tear it up and, uh, yeah. Damn it! All right, well, good evening, and welcome to episode 97 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sir Cheerio. Sir Cheerio, or should we also say the bio, uh, the Bionic Man? I mean, Matt, you, 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 you walked in here with a spring in your step. You bounded up those stairs like I've never seen you do before. Yeah, Bodie was wondering as we were waiting for you to get here, Matt, whether you were going to be able to make it up the stairs. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, he's not that wrecked. I no. mean, you got, you, I mean, tell us, tell us where you've been, what happened. Uh, this is, you know, this is kind of like, it's, a, it's cycling related. It's podcast related for sure. Uh, definitely. It's definitely cycling related. And, you know, obviously with what I previously said, previously said about, you know, giving up the world tour for next yeah, year choosing new 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 um, new roads new roads alternative or, or, calendars and, or you know roads uh yet discovered you know new road whole new roads brand new roads you know it's who knows who knows what's gonna happen yeah um so yes as many of you listeners will have heard i've had issues with my hip and uh i finally got the surgery done and so i have a brand new hip i've got i got an upgrade i got <laughs> i got I got the ceramic upgrade, guys. Nice. Yeah. Ceramic ball bearings. I got a ceramic ball in that, my, yeah. Your hip just really just rotates so smoothly. <laughs> and it'll never rust, right? It's never going to rust, no. It's a, it's a ceramic it's a ceramic ball in a, in a uh, nylon or Delrin or whatever cup. And uh, yeah, it's uh, super smooth with a, with a titanium shaft. 
uh, yeah, so I got total total upgrade. Now, did you go uh, 11 speed or 12 speed on that hip? Uh, <laughs> disc? Disc. Has to be disc, right? <laughs> is that disc. thing UCI legal, Matt? Yeah. It's, um, as far as I know, it is UCI legal. Do you yeah. need to get a doctor's note and a TUE now that you have a fake <laughs> hip? Like... Well, I'm I'm not on the Percocets anymore, so I don't need a TUE for that. And did you go with the oversized jockey wheels? Yes, absolutely. Always. It's full ceramic speed. You know, I went with the best. You know, we've missed a lot of things in this podcast. A lot of things have happened, and and we haven't been able to chat about it. And I just realized that uh, there was a big uh, dust-up about a... English guy who uh, quote unquote cheated at his WIF national championships. Right. Um, Weight doping? No, bike doping. Not even though, like he, it's not a, it's not a fake bike or a, it's a real bike you can get, but he got it not and he didn't actually climb the Mount Everest a million times to get the Tron bike. But I was thinking with with a with a hip, you could install some sort of motor drive in your hip and you're you know using less energy to run that leg and to yeah i mean i guess that has nothing to do with swift but i, I would imagine in the future that's going to happen that well, is going to happen if you really wanted to cheat at swift you could just hook a motor up to your wahoo and uh, well, you well, know the, i believe that's what he did to get the bike so he, he got the Tron bike, which is the fastest, lightest bike on Zwift. Yeah. For this, That's not for, what he did. He had someone run a program. Oh. So to, he just, his bike, he just... He read he read casey that shit. Yeah, he read casey Oh, I thought it. he just like fitted a DeWalt to his crank set and just <laughs> let it run so no, that that's, he could No, that's he could like very, that's low brow, that's low tech. We're moving past that. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about Zwift, but Matt, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad you bounded up the stairs. I'm looking forward to riding bikes with you again. Yeah, uh, Townsend, we got to ride bikes twice this uh, this Thanksgiving ho- Thanksgiving holiday weekend, which is kind of like one of my favorite times of the year because you have so much time to uh, smash on the roads with our friends. And we're gonna do a pretty fun gravel ride tomorrow. Mm. Uh, Townsend, you have been you, you know you've been like in the courts, you know fighting for the the common man and then you took a well-deserved break where you went out and uh maybe you're thinking about a new career in spear spear fishing spear fishing yeah (laughs) i was terrible at it but uh learned a lot about it and guys you know sort of snooping around i don't think that there's a spear fishing podcast out there and so i'm thinking about maybe going in a different direction did you find that your lungs that you've gained as a cyclist helped you uh, oh. uh, diving in the water and spearing those fishes? Not at all. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very good at breathing on land and on top of a bicycle, mm. uh, but it's a, just holding your breath uh, underwater is a completely different pursuit. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back to bikes, there is a, I believe, there is a salsa uh, bike called the Spearfish. Is that right? Yeah. I wonder what that's uh, all about. Uh, I, there's like probably a trail somewhere called the Spearfish Trail or something. Don't like they that. also have a warbird? They do have a warbird. Yeah, there so, is there is a ton of gravel at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> do you know the you know like the original gravel racers are those Belgian beach racers? But that's not gravel. That's sand racing. That's is how is is that okay? Is that not gravel? That's just smaller. That sand is just finer gravel mm. Mm, sand is made of silicone silica glass basically yes although i suppose the sand at the bottom of the ocean is probably ground up like pumice and rock 
as much as Sounds it is. Sounds like gravel sand. to me. Yeah. Tiny gravel. Yeah. I mean, I guess sound is all uh, organic material that has been ground down to a fine dust. Yeah. Uh, Bodie, how about you? What have you been up to? You actually, it seems like you are the one, you're... Your career as a as a cycling journalist and podcaster has really taken off since the last time we got together. Uh, and guys, incidentally, it has been a really long time since we got together. So long that in the time between when we last recorded and today, I've suddenly realized that I may not be able to find brake pads for my rim brake bikes in uh, the next few years. Like disc has... Can you just, just it's ubiquitous cut. now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just ubiquitous since episode 96 to episode 97. <laughs> Bodie, you and I yeah. were talking about that this morning, and I was really was thinking on the way over here, yeah, I probably do need a new bike because <laughs> at some point I'm not going to be able to find rim brake pads. You said, well, I think I need a new road bike, and I looked over at your, um, what is it called? What is the name of your bike? Sorry. The Kudu? No. Oh, my Allied. I looked over at your bling Allied. I'm like, you just you just got that Allied. Why do you need a new bike? And I was like, I don't have disc brakes. Doesn't have <laughs> doesn't have hydro discs. Yeah. yeah. But you should throw that. It's thing a relic. Away. So speaking of new bikes, um, mm. both Emily and I. I mean, I've been talking about getting a new bike for years. Emily, we want to get her a new bike. Her cross bike. She's it's it's heavy. She needs something lighter. She's a smaller person. Someone shared with me a link of the Juliana Juliana cross bike. Yep. And I shared that uh, with Emily, and she just texted me tonight saying that she's been thinking about that bike all day, that she has a crush on that bike. And it's a beautiful, it, go check out the Juliana cross bike. Yeah, it's, it's the women's-specific women's, version of the Santa Cruz, basically. Yeah, which I, I I think it just means it's smaller. I don't know that, like, it's... I mean, there, there is that debate, right? Like, what about, is a women's-specific bike? Specialized, right. stop making women-specific frames. Juliana and... Santa Cruz are the sort of two, so, two halves of a coin in terms yeah. of the bikes. But anyway. Oh, oh okay. Hang on. What? Professional mountain biker question for Bodie here. Yeah, I got it. Juliana's last name that Juliana the brand is named after? Well, I know this one because we did a quiz a few episodes. Furtado. Good. Like Nelly Furtado. Yeah. I'm like a bird. I'm like a bird. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. So I have an idea for you, Bodie, and yeah. I floated it privately to you i'm going to float it out there publicly now and and maybe your girlfriend will hear this podcast and will take us up on this i think you guys need his and hers new bikes because <laughs> oh, you need a new bike matching bikes you guys need a new you need a new bike as badly as emily needs a new bike so i think you I guys think, i think Bodie needs one more than emily needs a yeah new bike. so i think you guys she actually to be has a, like a modern drivetrain on her bike yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, and disc brakes. Yeah, mm. new bike family, and uh, you could get the you could get the Santa Cruz, and she could get the Juliana. Mm. Those those are those Santa Cruzes are good looking bikes. Although the the paint scheme in the Juliana is much better. Um, uh, there is no I don't know if there's any dealers in this area, unfortunately. So we'll have to d- dig around to see if we can find a way to get that no. bike. A friend of ours, Jelly Darnelli had uh one of those bikes the santa cruz stigmata mm, that's uh, right back in the day okay yeah. all right well so bodie uh, we we digressed uh from 
your big news, which is that uh, you've been making some guest appearances on a uh, <clears throat> another uh, podcast. <laughs> Do we even call them guest appearances now? He's yeah, like, I mean, you regular. Yeah, you kind of are the third member now of Cyclocross Radio, and uh, that's super cool. Tell mm. us about that. Yeah, no, it's been fun to while you guys have been sort of out of commission, or we just we haven't been able to connect um, to get on the uh, the media pit which is a, a show within a podcast cyclocross radio being bill shiken's uh, podcast uh show and then the media pit is the episodes that zach and bill and i do um sort of coming from the perspective of the things that we chat about in the media room uh, while we're our you know filing our reports and editing our photos and sending the clients and uh you know gathering the content for the day so that's been a lot of fun to really kind of dive into like Really specific nuts and bolts of specifically the the, the domestic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that we on this podcast have you know we usually put out a, an hour and fifteen minute podcast and we cover a lot of stuff. So to really just take a full hour and just dive into uh, cross has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely missed uh, chatting with you guys, and I'm really excited about uh, upcoming road season and USA crits, and hoping that we can. Once again, reinstate our acclaim as the unofficial official podcast of the USA Crits, and yes. let's just let's get into because nobody there's nobody else covering it, is there? Well, I or don't know there? if that's a true fact. Well, we, we just we just well, let's just say that <laughs> unofficially, but officially, like there is a lot of cycling it. podcasts out there, and let's put it to our listeners, who a lot of our listeners do listen to a lot of podcasts. Are there? Other podcasts who are talking about USA Crits more like in detail, not in passing like Justin Williams one, but like, you know, this is what Thomas Gibbons, who got second to Justin Williams, had to say about the last three corners of the race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, is there is there is there anybody else who's regularly featuring the winner of of the USA, USA Crit series, overall, yeah, on That's their a good podcast. Question. I don't know if there is another podcast doing so. That I'm really and if there is, but we should be kind of mad about it. We would, yeah, we definitely should be mad. So I'm hoping that the Yay Red podcast can, can be a really like that can be our jam, and we can uh, try and figure out ways to get to some of those races and get some actual interviews mm-hmm. and get some more coverage. And uh, I think because the reason why is I think we all love USA Crits, and um, I think they're extremely viable way forward for road cycling and we're going to move on to some other things but with the tour of california being postponed um well yeah i mean well that's yeah i mean not to get not to digress too much but that's a big thing right for usa your mm -hmm. favorite grand tour well that's on our agenda so we're going to get to that a little bit later yeah so so and i i threw in this thing about usa crit so i just think that the crit scene can be a really good replacement, and it'll be interesting to see what the effect of Tour of California being hiatus has to do with the crit scene and what kind of it might bring in bigger names and bigger riders. Um, really excited to see when that schedule comes out. I think it comes out soon. A couple of notes that are just kind of related. Uh, our obviously favorite team, Automatic Racing, released their roster. And they've got, looks like they've got a squad of uh, eight folks, four men, four women. So they're kind of coming back mm-hmm. second year, uh, a little beefed up, more riders on the full schedule and do all the calendars. So maybe at some point later on, we'll get into a little more deeper look at the rider profile. 
Big news, kind of a cross cross road thing, is that uh, Lance Hayda is going to be riding for Legion of Los Angeles next year. Really, I did yeah. not know that. Wow. He uh, aged up out of the Avolo U23 squad, and fr- you know the the rumblings I heard from the, you know the media pit was that he just he didn't have a contract and wasn't sure what he was going to do for the mm-hmm. next year. And lo and behold, on uh, Instagram, Legion of LA announces they've signed Lance. So that's that's great. I'm excited to see him at the events. And is that a road exclusive thing, or would he also be racing cross for them too? Oh no, they're just a just basically USA crit squad. That's I think, well, they're a road squad. And yeah. I assume that, excuse he would, me, well, road. I'm assuming that he would stay with the Don of Donnelly, a Volo cross team that him and Gage are on. Okay. So, um, but cross great yeah. segue nailed it today. We had a cross race in what's the name of that town. Oh. Can you say it? Nope. <laughs> nope. I okay. honestly can't say we it. Starts, it starts with a K. Starts with a K and it has a lot of consonants in it. It yeah. does, and uh, it's the hometown of the Verwacken. Er, sorry, Tim wow. Merlier. Oh. oh, interesting, and he played quite a big role. I want to say that Tim Merlier is having a pretty good cross season. Yes, yeah. His, a, a, after a phenomenal road season. Yeah, which is he's it, Belgian national road champ. Isn't that kind of insane that Tim Merlier is Belgian national road champion? Yes, and what's his road? team isn't Crendon Circus yeah <laughs> well so what's his cross team <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce the name Korea of Fins. the race but it. it was we're just going to call it the Urbo Cross well it's called Caps Urban Cross it was mm-hmm. the Dave Ave race um, yep. in the town of Koichik sorry I should know um, they heard it Koichik anyway it was a uh, one of those races that was in, oh sorry Matt has a Okay, I think we should do an act, a, a trash or panache. Was this race trash or panache? Just the, the race, the course, everything about it. I like it. Panache. Okay. Bodhi? I was initially trash, but at the end of the race, panache. Panache. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, I, I say kudos to Dave Ave. I think it was um, the first year that they've done this race. First, I mean, they do the Degum night race that kind of goes through town a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like that jacked up on steroids, man. I mean, this was really, really urban. I mean, a lot of tarmac, a lot right? Of tarmac. A lot of 40% tarmac. 40% tarmac, maybe more. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it was forward thinking. I think it was fresh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it, you know, like what, I don't, I don't know the rotten tomato scale, but like, you know, don't they have like fresh or not fresh? I'm going to give it, I'm going to give well, it. Well, you panached it. Yeah, panached yeah, it. Okay. So, that, so that's, that's our, our fresh. Yeah, we have our scale. <laughs> right. Panache. But it's yeah. also, it's also fresh. I'm going to say it's gotcha. a fresh idea. It's, it's, it's not stale at all. Yeah. I, I thought it was terrific. I thought it was at first. I was like, "Wow, this is a lot of road." Yeah, you know, exactly. like when are they going to get to the when are they going to get to the dirt and the mud and the grass and stuff? And and but yeah, like halfway through the women's race, I was like, "This is awesome. This is really great racing. Really technical race. Yeah, yeah. very difficult technically, but also super fast. So it had everything going on. I mean, you had to bring your whole game, didn't you, to that to that course." 
Yeah, I mean, you know, let's break down the course. It it was a lot of road. It was it was a bridge that spanned a, a river, and it was sort of in the two parks on either side of the bridge. Um, well, it was two bridges. There was the start finish bridge, which was a motor true. bridge, and then that's they had that big modern sweeping okay. pedestrian Actually, there bridge. Were three bridges, but the one the other bridge was a shorter <laughs> bridge across a little canal or whatever that you couldn't really um, you didn't really get to see that on the on the course the way it was filmed. But three different bridges. So you had a lot of road, you had a lot of tarmac, which meant it was a, you know, it kind of kind of looked like a crit in where you could really go hard. Mm-hmm. And if you were in the back of the group in a technical section that led to the road and that person in the front just went ham, you were gapped off and had to pedal <coughs> extremely hard. And you saw that a lot. You saw a lot of like, yo-yo. Lucinda Brand, who is a phenomenal road rider, really sort of, you know, using that course to advantage it, but it also had some crazy technical, like you know, off camber sections. Uh, it had this insane downhill into a sand U turn that, mm-hmm. like at the end, Vanderpool almost rode. Um, you know, it had a little little stair section to bunny hop. Um, yeah, it just and also some I, long running sections. Oh, crazy long running sections! It was amazing. And I guess because it was flooded, it wasn't meant to be a running section, but it was. It was so flooded that they just were running for, I don't know, 20, nah, 20 seconds, maybe 10 yeah. to 15. Oh, I would say 20, 20 seconds. Yeah, 20 it, second I mean, it runs, seemed yeah. like a long time. They were running to the barriers. Um, one thing that I was going to note, and now it's slipped my mind, uh, I don't, I, I forgot it, sorry. Well, while you're thinking of it, I will also say to your point about the road sections and people getting gapped oh, off, it also gave people an opportunity to bridge back up yes, that in a true. traditional yeah, cross yeah. race would have probably been gapped for good. But in the women's race especially, yep. I mean, there were there were times where three people got away and there was a chasing group of three behind and then that group came all back together. I mean, usually what you see is a whittling down mm-hmm. of the front group. Yeah. It starts big, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller as the race goes on and it rarely coalesces back into a big chasing group, but that happened in the women's race, which again was and, and in the just men's too. It happened. in like, the men's they race came as back well. together yeah, multiple sure. times in the men's race. Yeah. Uh, but wow, great. It just, I thought, made for some really great racing. The women's race, especially, uh, as is often the case, the women's race was phenomenally competitive and fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it was great to see Sana Kant uh, up front battling in the front group. We had the usual battle between uh, uh, Alvarado and Anne Marie Worst, this time also Lucinda Brand joining in that. And uh, who was the fifth? That was Castellan. Uh, yeah, uh, Yara, Yara Castellan was the was the sort of fifth. Those, those five sort of distinguished themselves um, mm-hmm. off the off the front, and again that sort of split up and came back together. It ultimately came down to a great two way battle on the last lap between uh, Alvarado and Lucinda Brand, with Lucinda Brand getting the best of her in a in a pretty furious sprint right at the end. But that last mm-hmm. lap was great, really technical, smart riding from Lucinda Brand, really diminishing Alvarado's ability to use her technical skills to her advantage and giving Brand a great opportunity to use her road power to her advantage. Really smart riding from and, her. And her road technique drops not tops on that sprint. Yeah, there. no, that was, I saw that and I, you know, I thought about uh, the old, the old uh, Svenness videos, drop knobs tops. Um, you know, I think it was interesting that, that this race once again showed that, that the, this season we've had this crop of, of the youngsters, you know, Yara Castellan, Anna Marie Worst, Alvarado, um, and then you've got 
really sort of dominating the scene this year. Um, and then this, and then you, and then these sort of the veterans, as they call them, Sonic Hunt and Brand. Brand is, I guess, Brand is thirty, so she, I would consider her a veteran. She's been racing for quite a bit longer than some of the the youngsters. I mean, she's not yeah. old by any chance. Um, I mean, like Alvarado's still U twenty three by age, right? Yeah, I believe. So, yeah, so is Yara. So yeah, um, just really great to see that dynamic play out and uh you know alvarado is an incredibly technically gifted rider and mm-hmm. we saw that in coxida the way she rode the sand and she rode the sand great in this race and, and brand is is not as technically uh, skilled but has that phenomenal power and really was able to maximize and yeah it was just a really uh really entertaining race please definitely go watch this one um, like I said, was not a fan of all that tarmac in the beginning, but it it wasn't just a crit or it wasn't just a road race. It, it was it was you know it was interspersed enough with with the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree completely. And uh, you know, and so let's go to the men's race. Um, you know, I think the big story of the men's race is sort of what how these races have played out this year. And Vanderpool has come back. He's now he's now racing again. We. Had a, had a period when he was not racing cross where the men's races were pretty interesting. And we saw a lot of people who maybe we hadn't seen at the, seen race at the front, race at the front. And we got a lot of good battles. Uh, Ellie Izzybreak came in really hot this year and was dominating. But we still had some good shows. Now that Vanderpool's back, he's won every race. Once again, he's up to, like, what, 35 in 34 a row? 34 in a row, I think, uh, after I don't today. Know. Some, yeah. so, so as not to bury the lead, he won the race today. Yeah. But how he won it, I think, is worth talking about. Well, I think it's, and it, made, it was an interesting race. It was different, right? Yeah, well, this thing, I think, it, this Coxida also played out this way. The Euro Chance played out this way, where he's not attacking from lap two mm-hmm. and going off. He's sort of sitting and waiting and... You saw in this race, uh, you know, Telenut, Balois, and Sauces were using their numbers to throw hammers and throw punches. And At each other kept... on, on one occasion. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They were, they, were, they were throwing these punches trying to, like, stretch it out. But, and he just kind of sat in the back and just hung out. Mm-hmm. Like, almost like lap four or five. And then moved his way up when he wanted to. Yeah. And then attacked and he was gone. And so I guess in that in that part is, is is the same as we've seen before. But this like the idea is it's not happening as soon, and we're not getting six laps of a time trial. We're getting a little bit more, uh, you know, tactics and and, and yeah. other teams joining in. Is right. it, It's not as bad. It's, it's well, pretty enjoyable. But I think this and the Euro Champs were both courses where it was harder to yeah. do that. He couldn't. It was harder for him to get away early and stay away. Uh, and yeah, and we have like two super teams now. It used to be just Telenet Fidea, but um, now we have the you know Pal Sousas. Uh, yeah, but the both of them are, are these super teams, so they can both work. And this course really worked that way, right? You could actually have it's a you had a little peloton, a yeah. little mini peloton that could work together and take rotations and all that kind of thing. Well, right, and it's possible that given all the road in this race, <coughs> that that Vanderpool looked at this course and thought to himself, you know, it might be dangerous to try to go away early, right? I mean, it yeah. might be that 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 these those two big teams could team up and 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 reel him back in. And so yeah, I mean, he sat in the draft and and, and all race. Yeah, and there was like for a little while, a couple of laps, he was sitting in the draft of his two teammates. He was yeah. sitting behind David 
and uh, and uh, Tom. Tom Hewson. Yeah, and because those two guys, you know, if you know, you throw a couple hard punches at them, they were gapped a few times, which meant that Vanderpool was was gapped right uh, as much as five or six seconds yeah, off the lead for back. a bit. Yeah, I mean, it was actually a little bit sort of, you know, as a as a. I, I wondered. I mean, this was a race where I actually wondered for a minute: Is he ever going to ride away from these guys? Um, he did ultimately. He did, and and yeah, I'm going to say, and yet in the end, he he ultimately made it look like he was completely in control. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think I think I think these teams obviously every are trying to figure out how do you beat Vanderpool, and it almost seems impossible because his his skill is is unparalleled, but. I don't think you're going to beat Vanderpool by dropping him in the first three or four laps. The way you're going to beat Vanderpool is by matching him mm-hmm. when he attacks and and save and, you know Eli Ezerby going to the front and, and throwing a, an attack a haymaker is not going to be how you beat Vanderpool. It's going to be Vanderpool attacking you matching conserving and and continuing to match his power, which we've seen him do before. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. Iserby did not seem to get the 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 message uh, in this race, um, and you saw that when Van Turnout basically yeah, punched him that. as yeah, he came past a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, basically, sort of like, hey man, you know, you're blowing yourself up, and well, then Van Turnout um, was trying to go with Vanderpool when he ultimately went, mm. presumably to work for Iserby to give him an opportunity to try to bring him up to Vanderpool as best he could. And right. when Van Turnout tried to go with, 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 uh, MVDP, when he finally went, he looks around and Iserby's, you know, six or seven guys back because yeah. he'd blown himself up early in the race, trying to, you know, drop MVDP on lap three or four. But we, just, we've also seen over the last couple of weeks or so a drop in form from Isabit, I think. You know, so, yeah. so I, I, you know, I think it's like, I don't think he quite had it. And he'd made, he shouldn't have made, he probably shouldn't have made those big moves earlier on that he did. You know, he went on the front earlier on. He, and he should have He should have stayed with everybody and, and waited. And that's, he's young, right? I mean, he's a young rider and, uh, you know, what, Vanderpoel's like two years older than him probably or something, but... But it's still like you know he um, one year older probably um, he's still I think he was a little too impetuous earlier on in the race and should have sat in more. Well, you bring up a good point. I was actually hoping to avoid the Iserbeek conversation because you you guys know in the last episode that we recorded, which was way way early in the season, or maybe it wasn't even on on record. Maybe it was just us chatting in our message group. I had said, you know, when MVDP finally does come back, I bet Izerbeet is the guy that's going to give him a run for his money. Um, which he and, did. Which he did early on, and I was almost feeling sort of victorious because you guys kind of poo-pooed that idea like, no way, you know, and, and he was looking like maybe he was going to fulfill the promise that I had made for him, and uh, and then just within the last couple of weeks, he's really fallen off form, and so I'm sort of eating my words with that right now, but... The point I was going to make about that is that what's been interesting for me this season in the men's field is sort of watching that battle for best of the rest. Because with Wout out, mm-hmm. uh, you would think that that would naturally fall to Tone, who had sort of been the best of, yeah. the, of, of the rest last season fairly consistently. But this year, you've had a resurgence from Lawrence Sweek. You've had Lars Vanderhaar actually looking good. Yeah. You had Tim Merlier yeah. looking really good and finishing second in this race. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
You've even had guys oh, also like, another uh, case of drops, not tops. Yeah, uh, you've had Iserbeet doing well in certain races. You've had Tone doing well in certain races. Quentin Hermans has, you know, sort of shown himself mm-hmm. in, in a few, and uh, it's just been it's just been kind of cool seeing some of these other guys <coughs> who I mean they've never been back markers. Uh, but they were guys who were finishing right. a minute, a minute and a half off the Yeah, they've never been on TV. Win. Yeah. You know, they're not, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, we can get into this debate, and it's, and it's a debate that's had many times. Like, is Vanderpool bad for a cyclocross? And, I mean, no, but in, in terms of, like, is, is the way he rides good for the stories and the other riders? And I would say he is not, and, and, and that's indicated in what you're saying, Towns, and all these other riders that we now know I actually like know them by their face because I get to see them race more at the front because they're on freaking camera because they're not like I said a minute back and the camera's only on a banner pole so yeah and and also yeah that no but tone tone is not having a great year for the Belgian cyclocross national champion the way he did last year as the number two number three man He's like a number five, six man right yeah. now. Yeah, he's not even always the number one guy on Telenet anymore. No, and you know, although of, he was today, he got the he got you know he was third step on the podium today. So true. Yeah, sometimes our storylines get squashed. Um, one last note on that I want to talk about Telenet is that you know Quentin Hermans and Corner Van Kessler are leaving that team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to join. The, they're starting their own team. Oh, okay. Yeah, January first. So soon. Um, you know, Telenet really is is becoming the weaker team in the you know cross peloton, uh, and I I would say at this point their best rider might be Lucinda Brand. I mean, based on today, their best rider is Lucinda Brand. She won a race. Well, uh, but also I think uh, Lars Vanderhaar has been really exciting this season and had some really good better than usual. But yeah. like, but but the way Tones and riding and Vanderhaar's riding, and then when they lose. Cornevin Castle and Quentin Herman's like who do they have on that squad? Jim Aronauts <laughs> and Nicholas Klepper. Nicholas uh, Klepper. Aronauts has actually uh, stepped up a bit, I think, this year. So you know, I think I think Vanderpol has raised everybody else's game too. That's that's one of the things that's happened. The whole the whole game of men's cyclocross has been everybody's had to step up. You know, they've had to improve for not you know massively. It's yeah. They still can't catch him. No. But but they're I mean Ellie got got pretty close at a couple of points, you know. So but you know, it's yeah. Um Well that's that feels like a good segue to uh, some news, uh that Wout has announced his return. Yes. Um, yes. Which De- December twenty seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Was which the start of a, the the cursed period, uh a string of races in December. Uh, hopefully, a lot of Americans will be going over. Um, I'm obviously excited for Wout to come back. Uh, you know, bring up my girlfriend again, Emily. She sent me a text saying she saw that Wout's coming back and gave the old hard eyes. Um, so she's excited. Uh, we've seen some paparazzi photos yeah. of Wout training. Um, Can you imagine if in this country they had paparazzi following? Justin Williams, or you know, following a cyclist here, Kerry Warner. Right? Yeah, following Kerry Warner. Yeah, I was going to say the idea of paparazzi following Justin Williams may not be that far off. Yeah, I mean that that but that follow, would following almost... a following yeah, but following you know yeah exactly Kerry Warner or it's, yeah, yeah, it, or it's, Stephen Hyde. It's or... interesting because 
Yeah, the thing is, I think that in America, like we would ride with them. Like Hyde's in Florida right now, and he might show up at a ride in Pensacola, and like yeah. all our friends would take photos of him. But yeah, so Wout is is coming back, um, and he's going to be racing for Yumbo Visma Cyclocross, correct? Yeah, yeah he uh, he, he has a Bianchi cross bike, a new uh, new kit though. It's slightly different. It has some of his old cross sponsors. Okay, so. I know um, this actually got set up a while ago. It's a Devo team, right? So there's a Devo team that is still oh. Yumbo. It's still a it's a Yumbo Visma Devo team. So he's going to be racing with. Uh, there's going to be like under twenty three guys and stuff on that team. Yeah, there's someone else notable that's racing for the Yumbo Visma Devo team for cyclocross, and you guys told me who it was. Uh, a month or so ago, and now I can't remember who Lars it was. Lars Bohm? No, no, it's not Lars Bohm. Well, he's he's right for Jumbo. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's uh, Lotto. Uh, I know he was getting jazzed about some sand race, some beach racing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lars Bohm. Yeah, um, but uh, so that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm really excited about that. Uh, boy, I tell you what, that, uh, you know, just talking about the, that festive period, what a great time for, yeah. for cyclocross, you know, that Christmas to, to just after New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so many races. St. Nicholas Cross, that the Sven's race is, is the, within yeah. that uh, same Ball period of time. Race, yeah. Nemour is, is, is right in there, oh, too. Nemour is like... It, Nemour and um, uh, there's two World Cups right in that, that week, you know, that, that, that sandwich the, that festive period, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Really looking forward to that. You know what's got to be coming up soon is one of my favorite races, Q Daruda. Zonhoven. That's got to be coming up soon, hasn't it? I feel like it's been earlier in the season. It keeps getting later and later now. Yeah, I don't have the World Cup schedule in front of me. But well, I, it's not a World Cup. Uh, excuse, oh, that's right. It's not a World Cup this no, year. I think it's super prestige. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's ever been a World Cup. Has Zonhoven. it not? Zonhoven. No. Coxide I guess I'm thinking of Coxide, maybe. Yeah. Zonhoven is coming up uh, next weekend. woo can't well, th- let's. Uh, speaking of sand, there's yeah. an awful lot of sand at Coxida, and mm. uh, that race also happened. I don't think we want to get into no, any no. great detail with that. MVDP won it for the men with just some fantastic sand riding. I mean, he just outrode everybody. It, uh, it was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was a clinic, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. God. But before he did that, yeah. his teammate, yes, Celine Del Carmen Alvarado, won her first Elite World Cup. Yes. I um, was surprised that the commentator, I don't remember who well, I was watching the coverage on uh, NBC Sports Goal, but I don't know who was doing the, the, the commentary. Was it Ant Cross? Yeah, I think it was Ant. Really surprised and a little bit disappointed um, that he didn't really make a bigger deal out of that. She was clearly just overjoyed coming across the line. She had yep. ridden a phenomenal race. She's had a fantastic season i would have to say you know from my own personal perspective i feel like she's the breakout rider of the year for the women absolutely because oh, yeah. uh, Emma reversed probably would maybe would have gotten well, that last year you know the she's, other one would be yara costeline yeah but i think you know I, you're right for sure but i yara think costeline that, is a new elite you know euro champ sure they, they, i mean look so like 
Yeah, I agree. She, I think that Alvarado is one of the breakout riders of the year. She's she's been much more consistent yeah. than Yara Castellan has yes. been. She actually, she, I actually ran some numbers. Yara uh, has been the most consistent rider all year. Well, Goddamn, Bodie, why are you fucking breaking my points here? Maybe so. It seems like she's been well. Consistent. That's because sometimes somebody's got to pod- be the numbers guy. Well, sometimes on a podcast that has actual listeners as opposed to the 30 of our friends who listen to our podcast. So and, I do and a has research. algorithms that, uh, yeah. that look these things up, right? Oh, the algorithm. Yeah. I, I want to hear about the algorithm, by uh, the way, maybe on, a, the- maybe on another <laughs> podcast. Um, well, anyway, the, I think what's cool is that obviously, yeah, she's having a great year. Um, you know, she's, she's, there was this great, there's this one section at, uh, at Coxida where there's like a downhill sand into another drop in the sand and both Alvarado and Vanderpool were riding it like mm-hmm. lights out, like just so fast and came through that sand section, you know, faster than anybody else that, that was there. And, and, you know, I don't know, like, do they like get up and train together? Like they're on the same team. Like do they Good share, question. do they share notes? I mean, Vanderpool kind of seems like a, a, he does his own thing by himself, you know? Yeah, I mean, the only time I've seen them together, quite honestly, are in Corindon Circus uh, publicity photo shoots. I mean, yeah. you just don't see them hanging out. I mean, I guess you don't really see the men and women cyclocross racers hanging out that much anyway. In the U.S. you do. I mean, it's yeah, sort of like, you know, obviously. chilling and, you know, it's kind of a scene. They, but They might share notes. I mean, they might, like, you know, go out and do their recons and stuff and... Uh, they might, you know, like go, hey, uh, would you you should try this line or or whatever, you know, who knows? But I think I think that sh- that race really showed that that Alvarado is an extremely talented. Like te- technically, she is really good. Obviously, her power yeah. is there, but her technical technical abilities shine through. And I think also another thing to point out is that I mean, I don't, I don't I kind of asked around. And I didn't get any definitive answers, but I have to assume that Alvarado is the first woman of color to win a cyclocross world cup. Well, and, first person of color, potentially. Possibly, yeah. And I, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. I mean, we, we know that cycling is very, you know, very uh, white-dominated, you know, not very diverse uh, in terms of representation. And so it's, you know, there's some people out there who talk a lot about representation. I think it's a good thing. And it shows that, like, you know, if you see someone else doing something, it gives you, like, hey, it, like I can also do that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty awesome for the cyclocross community in general. And... I'm just stoked on Alvarado and, you know, maybe could be our next world champion. Just just saying that. Her name's got to be her name has got to be in the conversation, especially with the way that Sana Kant's been struggling earlier on. Of course, we all know we've seen this every year. Uh, and this may be a good segue into another item on our agenda, which has to do with uh, Marianne Voss and, and uh, announcing some plans. And I don't know what those are. I'm going to ask you what her plans are. But I think that, that you've got to put uh, Worst, uh, Castelline, Kant, and, uh, and our Alvarado's name, uh, and, and possibly Brand, I suppose. You know, oh, those, you those five include, on the short list yeah. for favorites for I think pretty much those five in that race today, the yeah. front race right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, I think so, it depends on the course a lot. It depends on what the course offers up and the weather offers up, you know, how technical is it going to be, all that kind of stuff. So what is the news with Voss, Bodie? You've got it on the agenda, and uh, and I don't know it, but I'm guessing you do. Oh, I mean, the, the news is that she's announced her cyclocross schedule. I actually don't have that in front of me. December 7th, uh, Essen. 
I can remember. I remembered that. I'll yeah. So she's she is she is coming back. I mean, so we're gonna have Boss back, and then mm-hmm. we're also gonna have uh, PFP is also announced her sort of schedule as well. Yeah. So long time no see. We're gonna have like it's Evie Richards is coming back, so we're gonna have some yep. like all the hitters coming together. Just you you love to see it, as the kids say. So Voss will be racing worlds this year. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Um, the only other sort of you know news and notable is that uh, there was a cycling news that a bit of an article on Tom Hidcock mm-hmm. and his sort of career plans or his plans for next year, and I. I think Tom Pidcock's a pretty interesting case in terms of like uh, the the path of a, of a rider and what they choose. You know, we have, you know, Quinn Simmons is going from juniors right to um, world tour team with Trek Segafredo. You know, Vanderpool kind of like just went all in on cross and mountain bike and, and went to a continental team and, you know, like sort of step next level and join these bigger teams. But Pidcock has decided to, you know, he was on, you know, the lines telling that, Lions and he, but he chose to lead that team and go do his own thing with his. Yeah, I guess his agent started a team and him and two other uh, two other riders. But he's planning on trying to do U twenty three Giro next year on the road. Uh, he wants to do some mountain bike World Cups, mm-hmm. and then also wants to try and get a stagiaire 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 position on a road team at the end of the year. Right, and uh, I don't know. Just thought that was a uh, notable. I, think that, I mean. I, I, that seems like a smart move. I think he probably realized, I mean, he came on really hot and fast, didn't he? And uh, I don't think he, I think his trajectory has kind of got a little shallower than, than the original, like, steep, you know, like when he was just juniors world champs yeah. and, and, and everything. Um, you know, obviously he's been U23 world champ now. Um, but I... You know, if you think about like him and Isabit in U23, Isabit has really like shot up now that he's, you know, he's he's obviously absolutely ready for the top level. And they're in the same races a lot of the time. And Pitcock has never got the better of him. So, I mean, uh, um, has he not uh, beaten uh, this year? Koppenberg was the closest he got, yeah. but uh, really only due to Isabit's mechanical at the yeah. bottom of the Koppenberg, which is like the worst place you could drop your chain. So I think I think he knows he's not quite there yet. You know, he's is he not, a year younger than Isabit? I think he's two years younger than okay. Isabit. Yeah. I think because last year he was early. I mean, Pitcock was a phenom from like younger. I sure. think Isabit came on a much more sort of gradual, you know, gradual straight trajectory. Whereas um, I think Pitcox was very steep, and I think now it's like he's still a kid, right? I mean, he's still young yeah. in cycling terms, so I think there's development, and he wants to. He doesn't want to rush it, which seems mature and smart to to do that. Yeah, I call him MVDP light. I think he can arise in the same aggressive style, and, mm. and, and this year his aggressiveness <coughs> has not paid off, where he's made mistakes and he's yes. crashed and he's bobbled, and, and he's paid for that. And it's, yep. He's one of those riders, though, that once he kind of gets that um, set up correctly, then he's gonna he's gonna start winning races. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's something you could he could get away with at U twenty three level, but he can't get away with at no. elite level. No, no, yeah, because you're up against the Vanderpols of this world that very, very, very rarely make a mistake. Well, you know, we've talked a lot. We've talked about Pidcock's kits before on mm-hmm. a segment we like to call Trasher Pernash. 
Try to match the panache of the guru. Try to bedazzle so my outfit's tight. When it comes to panache, I can't be beat. Try. Yeah. Uh, so I have. I thought we'd bring back that segment, and I just got a uh, just a not not random, but I am going to send you guys a little message of this new oh. the new kit. Okay, I have not um, seen this. All right, new kit from Total Direct. Energy, not energy, as I used to say. Direct energy would be awesome. Uh, so new new road kit for Total Direct Energy. Uh, um, doesn't it look a lot like Nikki's new team? I don't know what they're wearing underneath. I don't know what <laughs> there's at the bottom there. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what's what's down low. Uh, it looks a lot like their uh, old kit, maybe a, a little bit more red than they've had in it in the past. Yep. Um, looks an awful lot like an FDJ kit, sort of gone wrong. Um, trash. Yeah, if I have to, if I have to go one way or the other, I'm gonna go trash with it. You know what? I like their old kit better, and their old kit wasn't that great anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I liked the um. Actually, I like the Direct Energy Black and Yellow a lot more than I like this. uh, The the thing I don't the Busy Bee kit. The thing that's interesting about this is the the slanty um, white stripe in the middle that it's like off kilter and it has kind of like a little kookiness to it. They should have just done the whole kit that way. Make it all off. Yeah. And then it would be more interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I think it is full on Crest Toothpaste or Crest Total. So I'm I am panashing this kit. <laughs> really, you like the Crest toothpaste because you like dental hygiene so much. <laughs> yes, I, that's a hobby of mine. A side okay. hobby. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I I still don't know what's going on down below. I don't know what color the yeah, bibs I, are. I don't know if they have bibs. I, I don't know what they're wearing. Pulling up some French article about it, and all mm. yeah, there's no. It looks like a big white side panel. I mean, from the little bit that you can see on, I don't know who yeah. the rider to our right of Nikki Terpstra is there. God. Um, I, in fact, I don't know that I know that I've recognized that I can say by name anyone else on this team by by sight. I mean, I'm sure I know some of the names, but uh, but I don't know oh, any of these. Oh, Lillian Kamijan. Oh mm. yeah. Can we? Can I also Kamijan say that John is to the right of Terpstra? To the right, yeah, yeah. he's the shorter guy. Can Who's I also the guy say, to the sorry to our right? Okay, it's Kamijan. Okay, well, on the on the bottom of uh, his bibs, it looks like you can see that white stripe down the the side of the Ooh. jersey continues on to the bib. You're saying a white panel on the bib? That's Ooh. very like white mid, side panel, mid two thousands. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, and also, does Nikki Terpstra have a nickname? Because I, I, if he doesn't, I don't know where he's from. He's from Holland somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where in Holland. Don't either. Well, <laughs> whatever town he's from, he should be the giraffe of that town. Look how long his neck is. It's insane. <laughs> the giraffe of Utrecht. Yes. That's, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's a good cycling nickname. All right. So we got two trashes and a panaches for the... Wait, two trashes and one panache. For the Total Direct Energy Kit for 2020. 
You know what? Uh, you know what? This reminds me of. We never even talked about the Road World Championships, and we're not going to get into that. <laughs> no. Oh, wait. We 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 also we've got another trash or panache, which oh, is the new. Um, uh, used to Dimension Data, the new Dimension Data Kit. Oh, which is they went NTT from, now. Yes, oh, they, they went from they went from right. the, the 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 really crisp and very very classy looking probably uh, green and white. Our top ranked panache kit of last year. Yeah, very very sweet kit made by Asos, I believe, yes. last year. I don't know who's making it this year. Inspired mm. our club to go to the all black bibs. That's right. It is. I don't know what the bibs look like on this year's jersey. I've only seen the the or on this year's kit. I've only seen the jersey, and it is a solid sort of light slate blue kit. Matt, you sent it to me, didn't you? I don't think. I don't know if I did. I I remember this now. I, I thought the verdict was uh, looks like a sky kit. Uh no, it's it does have a it does have a slight fade to black on it, sort of a la movie star and, yeah. and a la. Oh, that's Sky. an immediate trash for me. What is the NTT? Ooh, oh. NTT is like the parent company of Dimension Data or something like but that. But it, it, like... it's it's basically blue, and um, uh, I don't. Mm. It it's just already way too much, sort of. You and know. now it's got like a lot of hands on the like the Quebec thing is like lots of hands on there on the back on their backs, right? Yeah. It's like multiple I'm, hands there. It's very handsy. And and I'm it's gonna, the Joe Biden of kits. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good, Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm going to trash it uh, only because there's already way too much sort of uh, lightish blue in the in the in the Peloton. And there's a fade at the bottom of the jersey, There's right? a fade at the bottom yeah, of the jersey and they had such good kits last year yeah, crisp clean going away from them as trash just in general Agreed. and uh, so boo hiss well i don't even have it in front of me and then just based on what you <laughs> described it i'm also going to trash it because i think i do remember now that i thought it looked like the sky kit or the sorry Ineos. the no the sky kit now they are Ineos. yeah they yeah changed. except that the Ineos the kit, kit is red yeah. yeah so the sky kit was blue yeah yeah so i'm saying it looked like that yeah so. sure okay Mm. Uh, quick side note: I'm gonna say that the if, if, everyone, in my opinion, should check out the Arkea Samsic Canyon bicycles oh, uh, for look, this season. They yes. are white with some beautiful uh, red and uh, dark blue striping, a la the uh, French flag. Yes, and that is a classy looking bike. Yeah, that's panache. So let's talk about Arkea Samsic. They're gonna have Nairoman. Nairoman. Yeah, and um Bargill. Bargill. Wow. It's been so long since I've been road cycling. So my question I think oh, uh, and also Le Boxer? Nasser Buhani? Yeah. And Buhani. I was trying to think about who that was. <laughs> so Buhani. All right, Buhani uh going to another French team. So my question on a group ride this week was is Nairo going to disappear on Arkea? Samsic, just kind of mm. ride off into the sunset and not be much. Or is he going to, you know, maybe transition into a one-week stage race winner or, a, you know, stage winner? Well, they're Arkea Samsic, so they get an invite to the Tour de France, yeah. right? So presumably they'll be riding for Nairo at the Tour. 
with, I don't know, is Barguil going to ride in support of anybody? That's a question. But uh, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean if, they get, if they get in the tour, they get in the tour, right? <laughs> He didn't have support on Movie Star, so I guess that's true. When on Movie Star, he was also fighting against his teammates. That's right. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the Movie Star model, right? To have two, you know, GC yeah. contenders who fight amongst themselves, or, or three or four. Yeah. No. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he becomes uh, a la Bargui. Maybe he becomes a uh, chaser of the polka dots. Whimsical flaneur. Yeah. <laughs> no, a, a chaser. How you say that in Spanish? A chaser of yeah. the polka dots. Yeah. Um, could see him in a little uh, tiny little polka dot jersey. <laughs> um, speaking of Archaea, uh, Greipel left Archaea and went to is going to Israel Cycling Academy, mm. which is stepping up to the World Tour. Yep. So Dan Martin's move from where was he at? Burning Merida, no. UAE. UAE. It wasn't a step down. He was just moving to a different World Tour team, um, which also, has also inherited several of the Katusha. That's team. right. Because so, that, that team is kind of folded, except they're doing a women's team now. They have a women's team, but the men's team is gone. Also, big, oh, not big, but a pickup for them is American Travis McCabe. Yeah. Who is going, his getting his first shot at the world tour. Love to see him sprinting it out against some of the world's best sprinters. I mean, yeah. he's got a sprint. Yeah, I mean... Bodie's I mean, rolling his eyes. You can't see that over the over the <laughs> podcast, but Bodie's rolling his eyes. I mean, he did almost take Sagan to the line at the the, the uh, rest in peace tour to California. <laughs> um, but uh, you're gonna I pull mean, one out for the tour? Yeah, well, yeah. We should move on to that next because I'm, I'm pretty sad about that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wish him well. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe he's the lead out man for Greipel. <laughs> um, um, I well, know. I mean, you, you you joke, but I mean that would be maybe Greipel's lead out man for him. Yeah. Uh, well, either way, I mean, and I guess I would imagine that it would be the the, the first way you you put it that that uh, McCabe is the Renshaw and uh, and uh, Greipel is the Cavendish. Uh, maybe. Greipel well, maybe Greipel's going to be you know uh, the sensei who's teaching the young uh, not Padawan so young or whatever. Yeah, I don't you think know, McCabe's that young anymore, is he? McCabe's not that young. He's definitely, is he not? He's, I think well, he's, he's got to be 30. He's not Greipel's age. Greipel's like at least 35, I would think. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, just some interesting notes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, speaking of California, let's 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 move on to the the my section of the agenda called Things We Missed. <laughs> yeah. Do we have like some funeral dirge music that yeah. we can lead into this? Well, with? there's certainly no California love next year oh, that's for sure wow well yeah. matt will drop box me some going good the way of uh <laughs> going the way of tupac himself yeah rest in peace Whew. hopefully oh, hopefully everybody will get to still visit the hotel california uh yeah we don't want them to go out of business no <laughs> well i mean you can i mean the, the tour has checked out but it can never leave right <laughs> <That's true>. but, <laughs> they said okay. they're they're on hiatus. Okay. I think, it- I, I think I've got my musical interlude. All right. Good, good. There were voices down the corridor. I thought I heard them say. Welcome to the tour of California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Ready a room at the tour of California. 
they said they're on a hey they're going for a hiatus yeah but we all know see how that that works out yeah that that means it's pretty much over um man that just really really sucks well you know on many levels right well, those, you know, those black market EPO sales have really dropped. So you can see why Amgen has really, you know, they don't want to cover it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not the cash cow it used to be. You I, know, back in the Leipheimer days, you know, <laughs> they, were, they were they were probably just handing, you know, handing out samples to everybody. And they were throwing them from the caravan. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, you know, obviously it sort of is a bigger indicator or is an indicator of a bigger change in in road cycling in the states in general um and you know reading some news articles it seemed like you know they were losing money every year on this event and it you know road cycling is a huge apparatus you know to pull off and especially when it's you know it's not you know it's not a circuit race it's point to points you're moving and um, you have caravans and cars and you, and you're in California, you've got to mm-hmm. shut down roads and you've got to hire all the police and just the amount of infrastructure was just so big that, you know, if you don't have the, the money, the sponsorship to pull it off, I mean, like, how do they bring in money to these races? I don't know. I guess, I guess broadcasting rights, but well, yeah, like, I mean, you got to get eyes on it on TV, right? I mean, you just, you, you, you've got to get, you've got to get advertisers that are, that are willing to pay the money to, to, to have eyes on their product. And, you know, I think it, I don't have any data to back this up, but I'm guessing if you asked a sampling of a hundred Americans, just random Americans, name a bike race, um, you know, 99 of the hundred are going to say the Tour de France and, you know, the other one's going to say something else and nobody's going to say Tour of California. And that's, that's blasphemy. That's the big race. That's the, that's the greatest one week tour in the world. <laughs> right, Bodie? Yeah. 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 I, mean, I guess. I mean, it's up there with Terreno Adriatico and Paris Nice, right? I mean, it's. Uh, but it's certainly the best one week tour in the United States. I think it's the only. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I mean, it's the only race that it's the only race in the States that, uh, Peter Sagan does. I would also like to make a bold claim as well and say that I am the best, uh, cyclocross DJ in the, uh, in the Louisiana, Mississippi area. Not bold. (laughs) Certified fact. Yeah. That's definitely certified fresh. <laughs> um, I guess, and so, but my, my point being that, like, you know, what, obviously gravel is huge in the States, and, and in American, we are participants in, in cycling, and, and we want to, so that engagement from the participant is not there as much uh, in, at the Tour of California, and I'm just wondering, you know, what if there was, like, a gravel stage race across California? I'm for that. Totally for that. I mean, um, well, I can say this: it would definitely sell out in twenty-four hours. <laughs> right? No, it would sell well, out. You charge people five hundred dollars just to enter it, right? And then you've made all your money. So this, yeah. So he, here's how you do it: so you find all the sort of depressed, small, out of the way California towns. Mm-hmm. Like there's a town called Bodie. 
on Highway 395. I think mm-hmm. it's out near Death Valley. Maybe ghost really? Towns. Ghost Towns. Yeah, Ghost Towns. It's ghost Town Gravel Stage Race. I would imagine that the um, you know the tourism board of Lodi trademark exactly. would be really into Lodi that. was the other one I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, you engage with them. You you uh, you charge a thousand dollars to enter. To enter. You have four hundred different categories. Four, yeah, well, you all race at the same time, but you do have 400 categories. Everybody gets a medal. <laughs> and you call up, you know, your cycling industry pal to do a hype video with you mm. the year before when Reg opens. Cash in. Yep. That's and, what two of California organizers need to do. And you have a shit ton of the new category of Gravel Pro. That come and do this race. And that, exactly. I mean, you know, with all the money that the uh, participants are paying, you can offer a fairly good uh, purse for the for the, for the the pros, the gravel pros. And our new number one gravel pro in the United States is Peter Setna. Yeah, who kind of stole my thunder, I think, you know, from my <laughs> announcement at the beginning of the pod that I would no longer be pursuing uh, a world tour contract. You're going gravel year. pro. Uh, you know that he's doing an alternative program. He's going gravel pro and everything. I mean, thanks, Pete. I mean, you know, you could have. I think he could have waited a little bit so he that could I could have given a nod to you and said, you "Yeah, he could have inspired me." Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, so like, you know, we're joking on some level. Obviously, we're joking about you being a gravel pro and all that, Matt. And everything. <laughs> that's an obvious know, joke. Yeah, that's Matt. an obvious joke for anybody that didn't get that. Uh, but you know the idea of doing the 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 gravel stage race where amateurs enter and race alongside the pros. You know this is something that we've seen in the last four years or so uh, start to happen in in Dirty Kansas. There's a great you know the, the photo that I screenshot and sent to you guys with speaking of Peter Stetna, Peter Stetna, some of the guys from EF Education First. Um, lined up at uh, Dirty Kansas, mm-hmm. and our friend Jack White is in that photo. It's a mass start race, and he's right there, you know, in oh, the, right, yeah. it, at the at the start grid with uh, with all those guys. It's you know something that is um, also gets a lot of traction with the sort of social medias, and and maybe it's not on live TV in the way that racing is, but. Sponsors are getting a lot of eyes on this because of all of the social media and all of this kind of sort of alternative media that's coming out with this, you know? Ooh, I just had, guys, I just had an inspired idea. Ooh, all right. So the replacement for Tour of California is a gravel, multi-surface, whatever event. Everybody all starts at the same time. The ghost town gravel all grinder. All lined up. All, everybody's all lined up in a massive line across a, a you know, a giant Hands field. across America. Hands, yep. Okay. Gun goes off. The California Gold Rush. Yes. There you oh, go. I like that. That's All better right. than the Ghost Town Gravel Grinder. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Up the California. Uh, up California. Week in Up May. to Tahoe. Finishes in Tahoe. Yeah. Starts at the Belgian Waffle Ride in San Diego and moves its way up. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what that's what tour Californians do. They come back. That and you know the events are already there. You just <coughs> you just. You just knit. You just knit them together. You knit them together. You unify them with a trophy and a belt buckle and a bunch of money for the mm-hmm. pros. And yeah, there you go. That's right. and that's and that's the new American road cycling. We just solved. You're welcome, America. Yeah. We just solved it. You just solved it, Matt. Give yourself credit. <laughs> I just came up with a name. California Gold Rush. Yeah. 
God, that's that's gold. <laughs> Literal. It's a it's a nugget. Literal brush. A, a nugget of golden nugget. gravel. I love it. There you go. Golden gravel probably looks like a gold nugget. That's right. All right. Yeah. There so, you go. And and speaking of which, okay, so we now have like now we've got this dual thing going on, right? Which you just kind of mentioned, like this stuff. The tell us about the lead boat. The le- the lead boat. Which sounds like a terrible material to make a boat out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, and where, where does the boat part of it come from? I don't get that. Steamboat. Oh, steamboat, steamboat gravel, brace, whatever. Uh, that yeah. ST. Leadville and steamboat combined. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you do. It's a duathlon. You do the, you do the Leadville 100 mountain bike race on yep. Saturday. Yeah. And then you go do the steamboat gravel grinder on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting is they, they, not everybody can sign up for the lead boat, it seems like. You have to be chosen. Or maybe mm. there were so many, there wasn't a ton of spots. Now, I, I can't imagine one, I mean, that many people actually want to do both of those events because... Well, I mean, but now we're talking about... Both the, at elevation. And then, and we're also, but now we're talking about this is like elite off-road at, um, endurance events, right? So... We're talking. This is like I'm sure Stetner is going to be one of those people oh, yeah. invited. I'm sure Lachlan Morton is going to be one of those people invited. You know, that's another question. What's Lachlan Morton doing next year? Is he still with EF? I don't know. He might be doing an alter, a full alternative program. I would think. That's you know that's interesting. You bring that up because I've been watching all of those EF Gone Racings and all their all. First of all, those are amazing films, yeah. and they're the kind of stuff that I want to make. Um, they, they do a great job of telling the story. But Lachlan Morton is is a perfect character for those videos yes. because he's he's so excited about these things and he comes at it with like no ego and uh, it's really enjoyable. But that's a good question, Matt. I Has EF announced their roster? I assumed he's on the team again because of his success. I mean, he won a, he won a stage tour of Utah. I mean, maybe they just, they basically sponsor him to just do that stuff because I don't think he is really interested in road racing. This is more interesting to him. Well, yeah. he's certainly, he's certainly, for all intents and purposes, again, other than, you know, the the stage that he won in, in the Tour of Utah, I mean, his most noticeable, most notable Palmaris this year were all these alternative events, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the event he did in the UK, I thought the, the movie for that was really cool. The GB Duro? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, great. And that's an extreme, I mean, he just blew everybody away in that. But it was also, there's that community aspect to it, like like people showing up in the middle of the night to just ride along with him for a bit and stuff. You know, it's, that's how, I mean, that whole thing of how do you connect with the community with the, that that's interested in your stuff. And I think all of that is changing every day as we speak right now, isn't it? You know, yeah. We, we talked at the beginning of the show about how cross is like, where is cross is at a crossroads too. Everything's yeah. changing there. It's, it's certainly changing. I mean, the U S has to kind of find its own cyclocross identity right now. And that's a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. kind of, it, I mean, I, you know, it seems like a cliche, but it's kind of an exciting time to be involved, uh, to talk about, to want to be a part of the American, road you know cycling scene because things are changing and we're seeing quite a big change and you know yeah who who you know we're kind of seeing hints of way ways things are going to go in the future and you know i saw something interesting uh in the sort of the local scene is um and we've talked about so 
the big thing with gravel races, which is kind of different from other from road racing, is that it's mass start, mm-hmm. right? It's usually the same distance for everybody, men and women, and then it's just everybody starts at the same time. They might stage you by your estimated time of finish, um, pros right. in the front, the you know newbie in the back. Uh, but you all ride the same course. You all potentially can be on the course at the same time. With road cycling, right, everything is broken down into categories and distances. So the beginners mm-hmm. don't race as far as the elites. Um, so I got an email from Holland Racing, which is the group that does the driveway in Austin, Texas, an amazing crit series. They also promote uh, cycling, other cycling events. And they are, they are trying a new format for their road racing. So they have this uh, Tommy Hedrigan uh, road race uh, coming up in January. And what they're doing is they're going to, everybody's going to sign up for their USAC category. And they have three categories for the race, mm-hmm. uh, P123, 34, and 45. So no matter your age or your sex, you sign up for the category you want to compete in. So if you're a Cat 4, you could choose. Uh, if you're a Cat 5, you only have one option. And then everybody starts at that those intervals, and they break out results uh, at the end, and they break it out by bunch of age groups, uh, male, female. Um, so interesting to see that sort of a new trying to evolve the road scene, and I'm I'm curious how that plays out. Maybe we have some listeners who live in Texas and are gonna go this race. I'd love to know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look at seeing when this race actually happens um, sometime in January, but I'm curious how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people have to just try new things now, right? It's like we know that it's not, there is a bit of a crisis, right? It's not, uh, as a sport, it's not able to sustain itself very well in a traditional format. So people have to explore new stuff. Yeah. And uh, even on that note, we have a little bit of news. Um, USAC is changing their deal with local uh, associations. And I think those changes are going to be announced fairly soon, like as in maybe tomorrow. Um, But that's really going to change how USAC interacts with local areas. And and here that would be Lambert local area being your, you know, group that does some work on the ground for USAC, like upgrades, event permits, um, you know, handling of officials and stuff. And that's now mm-hmm. now all going to go into USAC's hands from Colorado Springs, maybe. Yeah, you're getting fired as a result. I mean, as uh, upgrade coordinator, that's you're true. No, longer, no longer needed. It's going to be an automated process. There's no going to be no, it's going to be completely objective now based on a, based on your results and points, I think is what it sounds like. It's well, going to be an, like, you're literally going to be, it's going to be an algorithm. You're going to, you're going to put your stuff in and they're going to, scan through your results and and then you just get automatically upgraded if you qualify there's got to be like i mean they're gonna yeah i'm curious how it's all gonna work out i think there's gonna be a lot of like self-select categories for lower stuff yeah um so that is kind of exciting to be here at that um junction and we'll see how that affects our season coming up and we're planning for the road season in lambra for soon as is so i mean like it's all it's all there it's coming up coming up pretty soon Mm -hmm. so well, I, you know, as as someone who's been involved with it for the last few years, um, you know, look, I, I don't know what USAC's, you know, sort of raison d'etre is, uh, you know, I guess it's it's road cycling and, and, and growing, you know, growing the road cycling scene. So I guess they've got to concentrate on what their sort of mission is, um, developing riders to 
race in these disciplines and also sort of creating this network for for amateur bicycle racing um but they are they are losing out road cycling as we know it is losing out to all of these alternative events that we're talking about and to remain relevant and to remain part of cycling and and i do think that this has got to be part of their mission because you know, if you're talking about identifying talent, identifying people to bring up to the next level of, of cycling, you're not going to be finding those people in traditional road racing disciplines anymore. You're going to be finding them at, you know, the lead boat. You're going to be finding them at Dirty Kansas. You're going to be finding mm-hmm. them in some sort of like big mass start Mississippi Gravel Cup type race. You know, I mean, these people are not necessarily entering. Um, right you know, traditional track, road, and cyclocross uh, races any longer. I, I just, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't purport to, to be able to, to give it on this podcast, but I do think that USAC is going to need to evolve if only, you know, to identify talent, and that is part of their part of their mission. Well, I think I think their, their bigger thing is that they're trying to be less about the competitive like that it's a spot to buy a license but that USAC, uh, USAC is like your sort of like first stop when you want to do cycling events and so I think that means getting involved in, in charity rides and fondos and even not a ton in advocacy because that you know there's a new podcast out called the USA Communique with Lindsay Goldman um, and she talks about that but they are trying to expand um, what they're about so yeah. Well, they got to find a way to tap into to you know to these big huge events. I mean, it's like, dude, they're trying. Yeah, they're I, one, they're, you know, I I know they are. I know they are, and I and I and I wish them well doing it because you know I'd love for there to just be a hub of what's cool and what's happening in in cycling all across the country. And uh, you know, I don't know that that's USAC right now. It's not. No. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we're about done with the show. We've kind of smashed that agenda. This was a good episode back. I do want to, uh, we have a viewer, a listener email from September 21st. Wow. That we, I don't think we got to maybe on a podcast. We might have just not even recorded it. But Mm. uh, just um, subject line, Urban South Moving West. This is an email from Ryan Clark, uh, one of our longtime and maybe first listener. Uh, Fantastic did, wheel builder, also. Also wheel builder. Yeah, he said he sent an email. Said not a jersey you expect to see on a San Diego group ride. And it's a photo of him and our ex teammate uh, Adam, who moved to San Diego. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes, Adam, Adam was the Adam Stevens, uh, yeah. rocking the Urban South uh, blue and black with uh, Robert Clark in San Diego. And they're both in the military. Is that right? They are, and apparently they both in the same high school. Wow, so, small world. Very small world. Yeah. Um, anyway, guys, let's let's close down the show. Uh, Townsend, why don't you kick it off? But Matt seems like he's got something. Oh, you were making a nope, nope, nope. nope. Ready, ready to rock know. and roll. Hmm? Uh, well, this is a T-bone. I am signing off saying I uh, hope to see everybody up this weekend, December 6th and 7th in Ridgeland for the Crooked Letter Cross Race. Saturday and Sunday, and then for the Lambra Championships and races eight and nine of the Lambra Cup here in New Orleans up at the Fly in Audubon Park, a race that Bodie and I are promoting. With uh, Emily. That's right, with Emily. 
and uh, still looking for a food truck. Yes. And uh, so hope to see you guys. We've got four more cyclocross races on our calendar for this year. So let's uh, finish strong and get out and race your cross bikes. Good night. And this is uh, Cheerio saying, uh, I don't think I'm going to be racing my cross bike for a little while, but uh, I am thinking I might try and do a little gentle spin on the trainer tomorrow. First time on a bike since uh, my surgery make sure you get that rear skewer locked into your trainer good matt <laughs> and well you wear your helmet because we have heard you falling off your trainer before. this is true and this is the Bodie Bodie saying once again if you have any questions comments or concerns you can send us an email at yeah you ride at gmail.com you can also leave us a rating and we haven't had a review on this podcast in ages so Go on iTunes, uh, give us a review. Um, let us know how you feel. I mean, even if you don't like this podcast, let us know. Um, and if I don't... Don't see review you get... it, just let us know. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't like it. And uh, until next time, uh, so long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>